This is the CRO Gumbo Podcast by Christian Louvier. I want to talk a little bit about the ends justifying the means. So somebody once asked me over drinks, um, so you will do whatever you have to do to get the deal. And I want to preface this with we were in uh, Las Vegas and it was a convention for a while. I was going to Vegas about twice a year. Um, and you know, if you haven't been to Vegas or you don't, you don't remember it cause maybe you're there personally, um, Vegas, you know, it's just, it's got a way of being like an adult Disney world where you're, you know, you're, you're always walking around, you're around people all the time, all day. Um, there's alcohol everywhere. Uh, just in, inhibitions get lowered, not only from the questions that are asked, but the things that people do. Um, you know, there is a reason the cliche, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, it's just because people completely jump out of character from what their, their normal lives are. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad. It just is. Um, but the point of this is he asked me, uh, I was actually, we were actually drinking during the day, um, like the afternoon. Uh, so you will do whatever you have to do to get the deal. I remember him asking me, um, and I, he proceeded to, to give me a long list of options that essentially were shapes or forms of the 10 commandments today, as we know them. Um, most of the things that are pretty basic dogma in terms of you, you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z to somebody else. Um, and I answered yes to all of his examples. Um, and he asked me about my morals. Um, and I responded to him, um, in some way, shape or form does anybody, uh, in the market, uh, meaning, you know, we were selling software and we're about the same age. We we're late twenties, early thirties. Um, I, I asked, does anybody in the market care about my morals or your morals? Um, the business, uh, that we, we were in, I told them is, is not religious based. So the answer is no. Um, and so I, I don't care what I have to do because my religion at that time, that face that I have to wear or that I have to work on that day is what I can deliver to the market. Um, you know, and he went on to re- reiterate questions about murder and stealing, Um, and I, I separated the two and I told them, I said, first, I've never worked in any industry where the market required me to kill to get a deal. So I'm not worried about that. But, you know, if you think about, you know, whatever your favorite crime show is or murder mystery, whatever it is, usually if it's an organized, uh, crime syndicate or something like that, um, that is the business in that market that requires them to kill. The reason that it becomes such fascinating television or books is because it is such an extreme and so different. But most of the people who go down that path is because it's what the market demands. Um, I've never been in a market that required me to kill. So, um, I don't really worry about that. Um, and you know, I guess I could go into corporate blackmail and things like that that are that are federal crimes. But those those laws, those are federal laws that dictate um, that I can't do those things. Um, and as for stealing, that that's extremely vague. And I'll give you one example from uh, Mark Andreessen. Uh, if you're not familiar with Mark Andreessen, um, he was on the founding team uh, that created uh, Netscape Navigator in the early nineties and became the foundation for what we know as uh, the World Wide web. Uh, he now runs a venture capital firm called Andreessen uh, Horowitz. He, he said himself, I, I believe he said this in the nineties that the internet was going to become uh, a copy machine. And his point was, is that 
the the you've now taken what used to you know used to have to go to a library or copy a book or something like that and they basically created a methodology to where you can copy things instantly and you can there's nothing that you can't go uh, google and go copy um, and some people claim it's stealing I mean look at what happened with Napster in the late 90s and how that shook up the music industry um, some the big I mean regardless of how it you know, the, the music industry aside right now, there was a ton of artists that said, um, this is absolutely stealing. And then there were a ton of artists that says, no, we just want a way to get our music out there to come to our shows. So there's, there's a whole other theology on that. And there, the reason that it's debated is because there is no one true answer as to what is stealing. Sometimes it's as black as white, black and white as you literally took somebody's property. But in, in terms of your career and what you're doing, um, you know, what is stealing? Is it, is it, is it hearing some, if I heard something at the bar that day about an industry secret, um, am I allowed to use that information? Some would say yes. And some would say no. Um, I know, um, I know personally, uh, famous when I say, I know personally, meaning I was in the room, um, a CEO who I guess in the, our industry is famous would always ask, he would always ask incoming sales reps, um, for information from competitive companies and, uh, also the VC firms that they dealt with, uh, if they were exposed to that kind of information. So, uh, is that stealing or is that just part of the game that the market demands? These are some of the questions you have to ask yourself. One of my favorite examples of the stealing is, um, just because a quote is attributed to someone doesn't mean that they created it. You know, just go to go to Google and uh, type in unattributed, uh, often misattributed quotes, and you'll get you'll get pages of it. And you know, some of the more famous ones I, I came across is uh, Vince Lombardi: "Winning isn't everything; it's the only thing." Uh, it was actually said by uh, Red Sanders, uh, also a football coach, but for UCLA back in the day, uh, a long day ago. <laughs> Relevant to this podcast episodes, uh, uh, Machiavelli is uh, often cited with the quote, the ends justify the means. Uh, it was actually written by a Roman poet named Ovid, who actually had to do a lot of translation within Latin class in college. Al- Albert Einstein um, is, uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Uh, that's actually credited to a woman, uh, female author, uh, Rita Mae Brown, who's a, a mystery novelist. So anyway, you know, stealing, stealing in many or most instance, instances, uh, especially when it comes to information and knowledge can be uh, a very subjective uh, thing. Uh, and, you know, my, my acquaintance uh, that I'm having drinks with at the bar asked me, well, what about your kids? Now, at the time he asked me this, I have no kid, I had no kids and, and now I have two. Um, I, and I always think about this. Uh, one of my favorite books is the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. And he once said, uh, I, you know, this is not verbatim, but in the book, he, he basically asked, do you have kids? And, um, he says, well, if you do, you know that you could drive a Mack truck, uh, through their personality and you wouldn't change it one bit. And his, his point is that, um, no matter what you tell kids or, uh, you know, try and guide them or whatever it is they're at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do. Um, and you know, before I even had kids, you know, I, I know I didn't know if I wanted to have kids, but I did always know that, um, from my outside point of view, that the only thing that I felt like I could control, 
um, with my kids uh, was to make sure that they felt loved, um, you know, secure in the hierarchy of needs from, you know, food, food shelter standpoint, and that the rest that I would tell them would be guidelines um, for what I thought they should do, because no two lives are the same. Um, I don't know where I came up, where I came up with that other than just living life and looking at things, try to look at, empathize with my, my parents and, and try and see things from the outside. So, um, you know, my, when, when he asked me this question, I, I told, uh, I don't remember verbatim what I said, but I know it was along the lines of this is what I believe about having kids and that, you know, my kids will respect that I did, um, what I thought it needed to be done to achieve the objective, um, that needed to be achieved, uh, which is, uh, you know, goes back to the end justifying the means, the, the, the market dictates what's good and bad by whatever you do. So, you know, I can't go into, you can't look across industry and make these, uh, overarching guidelines because, uh, I don't know if I'm a baseball player or an airplane pilot. I have no idea what that world is. So I don't know what exactly um, the ends justifying the means are. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up with one more personal example from my dad. Um, you know, my dad lost his dad at 42, 43. Um, and, you know, so I never, I never met my grand, my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, um, and my, my dad had to provide for his mom and four siblings. Uh, at, I, I guess he was about 22, 23. He was right out of college. Uh, I was supposed to go take a job and ended up taking over his dad's company that was, uh, flailing pretty bad at the time. You know, that's not my dad's plan at the time. Um, you know, he, he did what he had to do to make that work. Uh, and you know, I, I interviewed my dad on a previous podcast episode, um, and you know, maybe I'll, I'll get that back up here, but you know, there's, there's a lot of little stories that my, my dad has, uh, that he can, he can tell you, but because you're in a, a place of extreme stress, uh, and just constant go, go, go all the time. I mean, he basically spent three straight years trying to get that company into the black so he could provide for his mom and for siblings, uh, as well as keep the company afloat. Uh, and you know, there's, there's a lot of black spaces in there there's some trauma that goes in there. So I have no idea. Um, I, who am I to tell him, you know, that's, you did what you had to do is wrong in any way, shape or form. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to drop this, this episode cause I was thinking about it and I think it's really important, uh, especially for a lot of the, the younger listeners out there, uh, because you know, you come usually most of, most of us, most of the younger listeners are going to come right out of college and you have this idealistic view of the world and, um, that that's okay. I mean, that's, that's part of the balance that makes, makes all this tick and, um, just make sure that you're, you know, empathetic to other, other viewpoints. And then, um, on the, I guess the older, more experienced side of this world, the CROs that are listening or somebody in the executive leadership function, uh, you're, you're going to be dealing with these quote unquote, um, uh, I guess, uh, quandaries, uh, from time to time about, you know, your whole job pretty much is making decisions. And so you're going to be, uh, dealing with these quandaries at time. And it's really important to, uh, you know, take a step back, not, not kill yourself over what the market's demanding over you to, to get that job done. 
Thanks for listening to CRO Gumbo. If you are a CRO or an executive leader at the intersection of sales, marketing, and customer service, and want to innovate around your existing revenue processes, or if you want to find some places where some lost revenue may be occurring, feel free to text us for more information on how we can help you. Text CRO to 555 that's C-R-O-555-888. Now go innovate.